peace beneath the eye Decisions based on biased lies Determining who lives and dies Whose freedoms are lost Whose justice is blind There's so much more to this Than Oh. 
Everybody, this is Off the Chain with Yvonne Mason and the host for tonight, Ian Bush. I am happy to have all of you here. I hope all of you are doing well. I know it's only been a couple of hours, but I hope you had a good day. That song was uh, from Bill Abernathy, which is more than meets the eye, and I picked it tonight because uh, one of my old friends definitely mirrors that image as well that he is way more uh that meets the eye so tonight i would love to welcome military reject apparel tyler fought nylon tooth for five years to join the military finally after five years he was told yes he had his ship out date and could not have been more excited he shipped out and within two weeks he dislocated his knee at bct he was still training and trying to still make it in the military Four days before his company graduated AIT, they informed him of his medical discharge. Five years in the making went down the drain. When he got home, he started a gaming crew of friends called the Military Rejects, hence the day the name was born. They only employ people who are either in, has been in, or tried and can show proof they tried to be in the military. Welcome, Tyler. How you doing, man? Man, I'm just happy to be here. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity. Heck yeah, dude. No, I, I appreciate you making the time to spend an hour with us. So I think the only way that we should start is kind of dive in a little bit deeper into that uh, bio, and then we can get to how you made your um, your clothing line. So you went to BCT, which was basic combat training, right? And that's Army? Uh, yes, sir. And then... AIT was your uh, technical school, and then what happened in AIT? Like, how did you get through BCT, and, and then, like, they catch that at AIT? So, um, yeah, that was a that was a lovely story, uh, that, or a lovely time that I was trying to. So I just located my knee two weeks in, uh, trying to do an obstacle course, and they asked me, hey, have you ever dislocated this knee before? Right off trip, I was like, yeah, I have, or I thought it. I was like, yeah, I definitely have, but I'm not going to tell them. So I was like, no, I have never, never dislocated the knee, you know. I was trying to make sure I made it in the military no, no matter what. So mm-hmm. I get through all the way basic training on crutches. I've got a knee brace and crutches. I mean, I'm going on a 10-mile ruck with crutches up, you know, stairway to heaven, everything. It was the yeah. challenge, but I made sure to do it because, like, like the intro said, that's all I wanted to do since, like, the eighth grade was be in the military. So I was like, all right, well. I'm going to make it. So get through basic training on crutches and a knee brace and then uh, get all the way through AIT. And I found out one of the doctors had reached out to, because when I went to METS, I had told him that I played ice hockey, <laughs> not thinking about it. So the doctor at uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, reached out to my ice hockey coach and found out that I had dislocated my knee prior to joining. So he mm. – uh, that's when they found that out and they started a medical discharge without telling me. And then that's when the four days left, I was, we were just getting back from out in the field 
and mm-hmm. they pulled me aside. They're like, hey, Private Lambert, uh, we hate to inform you this, but you are being medically discharged. Your unit is uh, being deployed a month after you get home, and they don't want you because you're a quote-unquote liability. So it was definitely a shocking news to hear. Yeah, no, that's crazy, man. So then you come home, and then I know that you did one other business prior to this, but you just came home and got essentially uh, after that that business, you you got motivated and and driven to start this clothing line, right? Yeah, man. Like uh, like I said, ever since eighth grade, I've always wanted to. You know, growing up, I realized that you know this is one of the greatest countries in the world. So I figured, you know. The fact that I was able to be born free and be able to do what I want when I want, I wanted to repay my country for that, so I wanted to join the military. When that didn't work out, I was trying to find every other option I could to still repay my country and repay my vets, and that is when I stumbled upon uh, Mission 22, the, the charity Mission 22, and uh, mm-hmm. I realized I could make clothes and make a difference, so that's where the company was born. Yeah, so what what um what have you seen in your experience during your time with this company? Like what's what's the change that you've made? What's the impact that you've made through this clothing line? Cuz I I actually read on your website um a lot of that as well and it it's definitely more than just clothes for sure. Yeah, man. Definitely, yeah. Um so I mean, I make clothes to make a difference, but the main difference is um, it knows, I know that I've actually been able to help one certain veteran. Uh, I don't know names or locations of said veteran, but my first year being up and active, thanks to all my friends and family that helped out, uh, we were able to donate over $500 to Mission 22. So they got to actually, they actually sent me a welcome or a thank you letter, you know, saying, hey, listen, this is a great donation. You know, most people only donate $5, $10. We appreciate that, but this donation is remarkable man they told me i got to actually i actually paid for the first half of uh of putting a veteran through their i don't want to say rehabilitation program because it sounds bad but pretty much a program that helps him get back to civilization being a civilian again and being able to you know walk around every day without freaking out from ptsd yeah and actually um I'm, i'm glad that you brought that up too um, do you want to share your story about your your friend potentially or no? Yeah, yeah man, I'd be more than happy to. So uh, one of my best friends growing up, uh, his name was Jason, uh, and uh, he was the first person really close to me that I've ever seen in the military. Like I've had family in the military and whatnot, but I've never actually like – I wasn't alive when they were in, right? So if that makes sense, he mm-hmm. was the first person I actually – who was active in the military and uh man he was i grew up without a dad so he pretty much took on the dad figure i my older brother wasn't the greatest role model so he took that on as well so i mean he was he was pretty much everything to me growing up he was the only man i had in my life that i looked up to and talked to every day so it was really cool but um oh man so jason um he got deployed three different times and uh the last time came back, um, he he wasn't the Jason I saw 
six, seven months prior when before when he shipped out, he was different. I couldn't figure out what was wrong, but he he was different. But when he came mm-hmm. home, he came home to an empty house, um, and because he was overseas and couldn't show up to court, he lost custody of his child. So uh, mm. unfortunately, unfortunately, he lost uh, he lost his battle to his demons, um, mm-hmm. and ended up uh, ended up killing himself uh, really young. He was like 32 or 33. Um, so it, that, that was the first thing, like, that was the first death of someone that's super close to me that really hit me. And then, uh, his dad and I still talk to so this way. Mission 22 showed up at his doorstep with, um, uh, a memorial plaque for him. Um, which was, I mean, we never, we've never talked to mission 22. We didn't know how they found out, but they found out somehow and showed up. They, their headquarters aren't, uh, in the same town as Jason. So they literally drove all the way they drove I think it was like eight or nine hours they drove to deliver a plaque for Jason's dad and that's when I found Mission Twenty Two and I immediately fell in love with the company, with what they do. Um Yeah. And I mean it was it it's a beautiful company and if anyone's listening and they don't know what it is, I highly recommend checking out their website and just reading about them. Yeah. Definitely. So let's talk about your clothing line. So why clothes? Um, man, I was looking at so many different options at the time when I started it, I was a third shift security guard with in a building that was empty in the middle of a field. So like there was never anything going on. So I was just trying to figure out what I could do at the time to help country, help my vets. And I looked at a lot of different options, man. I looked at making just, at first it was just stickers, maybe selling stickers mm-hmm. for five, 10 bucks and then donating a dollar or two every time I sell them. Um, mm-hmm. but then, I mean, I looked at those and I was like, there's not enough donations. I, I won't going to make donate enough in that. So then I looked at some other stuff like coffee cups and tumblers and stuff. And then finally, you know, growing up, I always told my mom that I wanted to eventually design clothes that people would actually want to wear. So I found mm-hmm. a website that, uh, I could make up free mock-ups on. And so I started doing that just for fun, you know, third shift, eight hours to kill, just doing that, you know. And I realized yeah. I was really good at it. So I started making clothes, and then I uh, started with the website, and I built my own website in seven hours on uh, one shift. And, I mean, ever since then, it's just taken off. Like, my love has grown for this company. Uh, my love has grown for Mission 22. Everything I do is for the company mainly, you know. So it's been, yeah. it's been fun. So how long have you been in business for? Um, we started – I'd I want to say right around, oh, I want to say June or July of last year. So we've only been around for a year. Okay. I mean, we, we've we uh, grown quite a bit. There's still a lot more I want to do and a lot more I want to grow, but we definitely yeah. have grown quite a bit, though. Where where do you want to get? Like, where where do you want to go to? Where how, What else do you want to do with this company? So when I first started, my dream was to be, um, the next grunt style or um, the next nine lives, you know, just to be this multi-million dollar company, being able to donate hundreds of thousands or thousands every year. But now, man, I'm realizing that like maybe in 10 years, that might be the case. But right now I just want to be able to grow enough where I can donate at least a thousand dollars a year. I think that would be absolutely insane. Um, I want yeah. to be able to grow enough where I have, I have sales every month um, just because right now it's every it's about every two months, every three months. But I want to end up 
making enough sales where I can actually pay for the website, pay for the company that I used to print, and kind of start being able to donate more. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And um, you're actually our first, I believe, um, clothing line that we've interviewed uh, on the show, which is a, another kind of cool little aspect too, right? Because we're all indie artists. We all start from from just a, a hope and a dream and an idea. And so I, I definitely wanted to bring you on the show for that because I knew that that was a indie art that um, – we haven't talked about and it would be kind of interesting to discuss and, and all that. So how, how do you feel the market is for other people who want to design clothing? Do you feel like there's still a lot of potential out there or do you feel like, um, everything's kind of already been done already? Man, it's one of those things when I first started, I didn't have a clue what my first shirt was going to be or my first pair of pants. I didn't have, (laughs) A single clue, man. I mean, if you, I, I can, I wish I had some like examples I could show you of off the, of the clothes I designed. I mean, the first couple shirts I designed were atrocious, and they're still available on the website. But <laughs> compared to what I've done recently, man, I mean, they're atrocious. But I always tell people, man, everyone has their own creative uh, ingenuity. I guess I'll say. I think anyone yeah. who wants to start a clothing line, I mean, I'll tell you right now, man, it's been one of the most rewarding parts of my life, but it's also been one of the most mm-hmm. challenging parts of my life as well. You know, um, mm. I think if anyone wants to start a clothing line, a hundred percent go for it. Just know, man, it's, it's a, it's going to be a leap. It's going to be a challenge, but a hundred and ten percent, I think it's worth it. Yeah. And I, I'm just really proud of you that you, um, you know, you didn't stop after AIT and, and BCT and all that. And then you kept going and you kept trying and, you know, you uh, you kind of had to flex a little bit to continue doing what you wanted to do, but you flexed and you found a way. So I'm really proud of you just in that, just that you didn't give up. And, you know, you're, you're uh, I forget how much younger you, you are than me, um, but it's really impressive that somebody at your age is out there doing stuff like that. Yeah, man, it's uh, a lot of the credit has to go to Jason uh, and his brother, Mike. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't mm-hmm. for them being a positive role model in my life, man, I could not tell you where I'm going to be at, where I would be at now. It's, it's one of those things where oh yeah. yeah, growing up, I'm looking at everyone that is around me or in my family, man. It's, uh, it's insane to think that I could have ended up like some of the people in my family, which I love them all to death, but man, there's some black sheep in my family for sure so yeah jason is definitely (laughs) jason and mike are definitely two of the reasons why i am the way i am Mm -hmm. well and i know the listeners don't know but um tyler and i actually grew up together in michigan and um correct me if i'm wrong but i think a lot of michiganders uh feel like they have to conform to essentially like automotive or uh, factory or something like that. So not only people like you and me had adversity growing up um, that we had to work through, but then the adversity of trying not to just be another factory boy. Um, And I I still 
to this day with everything that I've done. I mean, all the books, the radio shows, all that. Sometimes I'm still in that I have to prove everyone wrong that I, I can be more than a factory boy. And that's not being disparaging to people who work in factories, but they definitely try to keep us when we're young kind of in that industry of like, you know, go go snag a company, go to Kellogg, go to go to post, go to something. And they, they really try to recruit us hard in that. So for us to break out and do something different, um, definitely kudos to both me and you. And I'll be humble while I say that, but, you know, I, I definitely think that that's yeah, man. something that people should um, understand about our journey is that we were destined for a line and we, we said, no, I'm going to do something bigger. Yeah, man, it's crazy to think. I mean, now in our hometown, I mean, Two of the biggest companies, Post and Kellogg's, are talking about leaving, but I mean, now we have so many other companies out there, big factories that, you know, it really, you get laid off, you can't find a job, you go to a temp agency because you know that you'll have factory work at least. And so that's one of the things why I'm really yeah. glad that I was able to find something else that I really enjoy uh, besides factory work. And then you got the books and everything. And so I was, I was, when your first book came out, I was so proud of you because you broke the chain as well. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Yeah, I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, man, I, it's been a crazy, crazy ride. Um, I think I'm up to like 13 or 14 books now, and uh, I'm still trying, um, but my creativity is waning. I, I notice that I'm, I'm. It's harder for me to get the spark back. You know, I have great ideas, and you probably feel that too. The older you get, with all the other demands of life. You you have the oh, spark yeah, right, but for you to actually apply the energy to the spark, it just feels like the older we get. And I know uh, I, I wish Javon was here because uh, she would be scolding both of us for sounding like we're elderly when we're you know both under thirty. <laughs> but um, you know it, it just seems to get harder and harder to continue the energy of the spark, right? It's not that we don't want. Yeah, man, to, it's crazy. It's just the demands. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, man. I even like, I think I even messaged you a couple years ago. I even wrote a book, but man, I'm looking back at the book, man. I reread it probably 10 times this year alone. And I'm like, man, it's got potential, but I just don't know where to go with it. It's yeah. one of those things, man. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I remember uh, you hitting me up about that. Cause I was like, yeah, man, like I'll give you some ideas and yada, yada. And um, I do, I do remember you doing that. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy to think how much, uh, like how far we've walked off the beaten path that our town, our hometown, was trying to make us walk. Yeah, right. Sorry, I. That's why I went silent for a second because I had a sneeze coming. <laughs> You're good, man. Always, always the the wrong timed uh, sneezes, man. Good lord. <laughs> oh yeah, man. They I never, did that during they never a... come when it's best time for you. Yeah. I was I was leading a class and saying saying I'm like literally in mid you know oh and X Y Z A B C and then I just stopped talking they're like are you okay and I'm like yeah it's just coming like just give me a second <laughs> um, oh, man. so what what other um, avenues do you do you think you're gonna stick purely in clothing or do you feel like you have some other um, indie I definitely have you know. Yeah, I've definitely got some other ideas too, man. It's uh, 
I'm currently working, or let me phrase that, I'm currently in talks with a couple people um, from TikTok who have, uh, they've been debating, well, some of them have already been on tour this year, and another couple people are debating on joining them next year, and I'm in talks to possibly uh, hit the road with them next year and just set up booths at the, like, all their shows. Uh, so it's kind of like going, our promoter too. Yeah, man, for sure. So it 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 help out a lot, you know, get my name all, all across the country, which would be really cool, man. Um, so if that works out, that'd be really cool. If uh, and then if that doesn't work out, man, I've got some other ideas. Like I'm gonna try. I'm trying to. I've been trying for the, this year and uh, last summer too. I was trying to do a promotion for the business. Um. I think next year I'm going to probably end up pulling the trigger on that and doing a big promotion here in town to try yeah. to uh, raise some awareness, not even about the company, just more about, like, my my main mission is, you know, yeah, don't be wrong, a couple dollars for every shirt because I donate so much of it, and it'd be cool to, you know, be able to stop my 9 to 5 and just live off of this and the donations, like, make, yeah. keep making them. But my main mission yeah. here is just to raise awareness about veterans and veteran suicide because – the number is astronomically, uh, stupidly high for veteran suicide every day. I mean, um, in 2020, it was 22 a day. And I mean, now we're down to anywhere from 16 to 17 a day, which is a great drop, but yeah. it's still way too much for our veterans to be going through. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and active as well. Um, I believe they include the active duty numbers in that. Uh, yes, they do. In that equation. Well, active duty, reserve guard, all them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's getting there, to the point of um, I think. Go, go ahead. No, no, I was you're good. Say, it's getting to the point now. It's getting to the point now, man, where it's like it's dropping slowly, but man, I'm not gonna be happy with my mission until it hits zero. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I, I think that's something um, that has been difficult for me too because um i've been a huge advocate for mental health especially in the military setting and um you know i had the same ambitions right that like oh man it'd be really nice if there was like zero a day right um but then i i think in my experience and you, you can kind of share your experience too um i think we'll never get to zero but almost a close Zero is still good in my book too. Um, oh, absolutely, and I think that, man. I think I think that that like mindset for me was a better mindset because I would continuously hear, you know, so and so commit suicide, active duty, reserve, you know, um, veteran, and I get so frustrated because it's like, man, like I'm doing all these briefings and I'm doing all this this stuff and and it's still not going down. So I had to, like, adapt my mindset to, like, hey, like, I don't want anybody to, but if it could be, like, five a day, I'd be okay with that. Like, that's better than 22. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, man. That's that's where I'm at, too, man. Like, I, I would love one day to wake up and realize, oh, hey, look, there was zero veteran in active military deaths this year, which I would love to see that, man. But realistically, like you said, I don't think that's ever going to be happening. I think, you know, one or two a day. I think that's probably going to be the best bet we're going to get. And even that, I mean, it's going to suck, but I'll be happy with that versus yeah. the fact that we've lived through 22 and 25 a day. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I and then I think, you know, the other thing I'm trying to attack right now, man, is there's 
Oh man, I wish I could. I wish I was as cool as Patty Pimbleton because he, during his uh, post UFC fight, he killed it with that speech. I don't know if you saw that or not, man. But he, uh, he pretty much stated, you know, there's a stupid stigma in the world that men can't talk, and you're supposed to hold all this emotion in, and you know yeah. that's why men commit suicide, man. It's because they don't feel like they can talk to each other, and I. That's another thing I'm trying to fight, man. I'm trying to get rid of that stigma because. With as long as that stigma's yeah. around, there's always going to be men who feel like they're alone and they can't talk to anyone or anything, and it's going to be one of those things where uh, it's just it's terrible, man. And then you no, add the I, military I on top um, of that, you're gonna yeah, man. And then you you add the being in the military on top of that, the military it's all about who's the toughest guy, man. And that on top of the stigma is just it is not working out for our new generation of soldiers. Yeah. Well, and I think. Um... I I have seen a lot of um, mindset change, but I I still think there's a lot of um, I keep trying to not use military jargon because <laughs> we're talking about military. I almost said lymphac. Yeah. Um, I I think there's a lot of limiting factors uh, that are still in play. I, I don't think we. How can I say this? Like somewhat professionally. <laughs> I, I don't think we slow down from the mission. And I've seen that in the civilian sector too, that we're so mission oriented that we're afraid if we shut down for a day that like the profits and all everything is just going to shut down. And I, I really hope not only the military, right, but the civilian sector as well, um, begins to recognize, hey, like, we do really need to shut down once a quarter. Like, yeah, cool. You know, we get national holidays that they're federal observed holidays that you take off, but we need to do, like, one more on top of that where you build your connections, you build your your resources, and, like, you show your commitment to your people, you know? Oh, absolutely, man. I think that would be an absolutely killer idea for sure. Like even even in the civilian sector because, um, you know, I know a lot of military people, uh, they, they are now focusing on holistic wellness and stuff like that. But I know that I think when, when people transition to veteran status, they're used to, well, why does my job not – why does my job not slow down or, or build those connections or, or take like very deliberate pauses in the mission? See, you still got me talking <laughs> military. We're just going to keep talking military though. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is just an AB conversation. Tonight. Um, but I think no, it's I hard totally for the transition I mean, because that's one of the, that's one of the threads that they're used to is like, I am used to shutting my shop down and having a beer with my coworkers so we can just be human and make those connections and figure out how we all fit into the, into the cogs. Right. I don't think they do that in civilian sector. Well, and I, I would hope one day that they start to transition it, you know? Yeah, man, for sure. And there's like, there's so many things that I could just talk about, like what I want to do here, man. It's crazy. Like one other one, another big thing I'm trying to, advocate for which it seems like i'm pretty much by myself myself in this and it's it, i wish you know i don't want 
uh, marijuana legalized federally because obviously that means the soldiers can start using it and whatnot. But I think that if, you know, we have veterans that use it to, you know, help their PTSD, I think that that should be okay. But, you know, these all the VA out there, they uh, they will straight up take away people's VA benefits. They'll take away their, like, monthly uh, stipends, everything, just because of the fact that they smoke weed to deal with their PTSD. And it's that's one thing I think we should get rid of, too, and it's – it's very, very hard to see some of my friends who are veterans suffering through PTSD and they, you know, smoke every now and then to help their PTSD and their VA, mm-hmm. uh, their VA's benefits get taken away because of it. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've heard stories like that too. Um, yeah, I, it's a hard one. You know what I mean? Like um, I definitely, again, trying to, shy away from politics, but I, I definitely do not envy people in those positions of power because they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. They support the bill that helps, you know, a thousand people, ten thousand people are gonna get mad at them. So I definitely like respect, yeah, man, for sure. um those people in, in power. Um and I do not envy what they do, even though I've jokingly said I'm gonna come back to our hometown and uh run for mayor or something <laughs> oh man that'd be you get you got my vote <laughs> thanks brother <laughs> um yeah i i've always kind of joked about that that i was gonna run for government back in, in michigan and I, I don't know man you, you remember me from from childhood i think i'd get up on the podium and just oh, start yeah. spouting off some stuff and they're like oh crap look <laughs> this dude's off the wall <laughs> It's okay. I'm the the same way, man. That's you know, I set up, I set up out at the fair this year, and people were asking about my company, and I'd start telling them about it, and they were like, "Man, this!" Like they looked at me as when they first walk up, there's this young ass kid, you know, running a business that claims it's to host veterans and stuff. So then they see me, and that's kind of me. I start spouting off my what I do and how I do it and why I do it, and they're like, "Oh, damn! Like this kid actually is talking some." Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think that's always been our edge too, and. You know, we we kind of dissed uh, our hometown for the for the factory side, but I think um, our edge is that we're very blunt. Like you will never you will never question what we're thinking or feeling, and that's like the general vibe of everybody. You know, like of course we try to make oh, um, yeah relationships Not a and, and all that. The bush. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Why did you say that? <laughs> I hate that saying. <laughs> Yeah, not not everyone, no, not a single person here in Michigan, unless they're the most polite person, will be uh, go work to work around what they're trying to say. Most people just come out and be like, "Hey, listen, this is what I'm trying to say, and this is why you're an idiot for not understanding." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, In the South, that's that's called bless your heart. I guess is what Yvonne has said. (laughs) Taught me a lot of the. the southern lingo and <laughs> you're you're a special kind of special, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I definitely miss her. Um, so well, what's holding you back about your book? Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Man, talk about the clothing uh, line and all that. Yeah, man, it's uh when I first was writing it, man, I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go into detail about everything. I'm not key I'm not, you know, hiding one thing in my closet, blah 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 and uh Unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it, there's this 
there's cancel just cancel culture out there, and that's mainly why I haven't even done anything with the book, man. Is because there's so much stuff in that book that like it's almost like if Nikki Six was to release his book, The Heroin Diaries, today, like you know it wouldn't get published, it wouldn't have done as popular as it did. You know, it's it's a very scary time for a lot of young aspiring. Uh, I guess I'll call them artists because writing is a form of art. And then, you know, even the t-shirt business, yeah. there's a lot of shirts that I've thought about making that I'm like, man, if I put that out there and the wrong person sees it, I'm my whole entire company is gone. It's a wrap. So that's one of the, it's like, I want to, I want to go through it and pretty much, I don't want to cut everything out of it, but I'm going to cut out some of the stuff that I know would do no good whatsoever. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that too, because it's not like, it's not like cancel culture has not been around because speaking of books, we have the band, the band books list. And so we tried to censor and, you know, we've been trying to paint a a picture um, for (laughs) decades. You know, I, I can't say they were doing it, you know, for centuries now, but probably somewhere, somehow they were, partaking in the censorship as well. And I think that's the edge of indie authors is that uh, the beauty of what we can bring is that nobody can tell us what we can and can't say, right? Now, granted, if we say something um, wrong, you know, you'll have to deal with consequences, right? But for the most part, we don't have a brand or a publisher coming down on our heads saying, hey, you can only – write about unicorns and fairies um we can write about whatever we want you know and that's kind of the cool yeah man it's nice and i think go ahead yeah i mean you're 100 percent right it's 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 i love the fact that you know i could write about whatever i want and if i want to get it published I, i probably can it's just one of those things where i'm like man like my biggest thing is i mean yeah cancer culture is there and it's always a fear in the back of my mind but as we're sitting here talking about it, and I'm realizing more and why I haven't done anything with it, man, is there's some stuff in that book that, you know, I'm not proud of what I did, but I will admit that it is why I'm why I'm here today and who I am today. But, man, yeah. there's a lot of stuff in that book that I, I, re- I read, and I'm like, man, what would happen if, like, my little brother read that? Would he think it's cool? Like, I don't want him thinking that this stuff is cool, man. It's, it's not. It was a terrible, terrible disease. But, you know, yeah. like, I don't, I don't want these young generation to – possibly read my book and be like oh damn this this cool ass dude did all this oh i want to be like him and then you know mess up your life because i was lucky man i mean i'm not gonna say what it was but i had an addiction for four years man and it was it would have killed me 100 percent. but if it wasn't for one of my best friends at the time paying for me to go clean myself up man i i wouldn't be here today so like it's just i don't i don't want someone else to look at me and be like hey man i want to be like that guy he's cool he did this i'm gonna do it and then but not have the kind of support system i had and then end up ruining their life yeah i i remember seeing the photos of you when you were battling those demons it it definitely it's night and day difference man you look a lot better man i I appreciate it i feel a hundred times better yeah and it's hard too because i deal with my own um addictions as well um and I'm surprised at how hard it is to continuously monitor and be on top of those demons. Um, I don't, I don't think people who have gone through 
I mean, even even something small as food addiction, right? I don't think people understand how hard it is to continuously have to monitor, like, oh, man, am I slipping down? Oh, well, maybe I could just have this one piece of cake, and then you eat the whole damn cake. And, you know, it, it's oh, yeah, so man, for sure. difficult. That's, man, for example, like, I just kicked alcohol because I was – I was slowly becoming an alcoholic, man, and it always, it always started the same exact way, man. I, I've quit drinking probably mm-hmm. five different times now. Never once have I made it yeah. a year, but until now. But I mean, like, but every time I flipped up, it's like, oh, hey, I'm at uh, my father-in-law's wedding vow renewals. I'm yeah. gonna have a beer with them, you know, and that's all I'm gonna do. I'm just have one beer. The next day, I'm like, well, <laughs> I had one beer yesterday. One beer today won't hurt. And the next day, oh, I had a, two beers. All right, I'll have two more. And then just, you know, like you said, yeah. right, you taking filled. a sled ride right down that mill. Yeah, I always laugh too because it's like I love the memes and stuff uh, of like, oh, I'm just gonna have one beer and then like forty beers later, <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, it's really yeah. like that. Where it's, it's like, oh shoot, like. <laughs> I ask people all the time, ask me, how can you joke about that? You had that addiction. I'm like, yeah, but that's why I can joke about it is because like that's right. really how it is. Like, yeah, if it was if fake. We I wouldn't we laugh, laugh. But that's about really our, how it is. Right. <laughs> If we don't laugh about our uh, our bumps and bruises, then they're just bumps and bruises. No, I, I definitely agree with that, and I I think again, I I hate sounding like you know too much Michigan pride, right? But like that's another thing that we're we're very bold about what we want to say, and and we don't we don't skirt around the hard topics. Like we confront them. Oh, definitely um, not. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I cannot tell you the amount of times I've talked to somebody and it's like, oh man, oh we're talking about this, like, and and seeing. Oh yeah, I, I've told all my friends because I got friends in different countries, I got friends in different states, and I've told them all, I'm like, listen, if you are offended very easily, I was like, I would highly recommend not coming to Michigan. They're yeah, like, what? Why? And I'm like, because you will be offended. Yeah. I, I always joke with that too. I'm always like, I do my best to try to center myself and be somewhat like have some good decorum, but uh, sometimes it slips out and I just say some really stupid stuff. So my bad y'all. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent, man. It's wild. Cause like, I've got like, like I said, I've had a lot of, uh, excuse my French, but I've had a lot of shit. There's no other way to put it happen to me. And man, I'd make, right. I I tell people about it, and then you know, two weeks, three weeks, or even you know, no matter how much time has passed, later on down the road, I'm I uh, make jokes about it, and they're like, how could you, how could you do that? And I'm like, if you don't joke about it, like it's gonna it's gonna eat you up. Like that's how I deal with yeah. that's how Michiganders deal with their trauma is we make jokes about it because if it oh, doesn't, yeah. we're gonna be very sardonic joking alive by our trauma. <laughs> right, it's very sardonic, very sardonic joking. It's very. Uh, dark and it's like oh god it's like no dude like i'm just i'm just trying to cope with it like don't don't uh don't mind me i'm over here just coping <laughs> yeah 100 percent, man it's crazy yeah but is there anything going back to like your clothing line is there anything that you would recommend for people trying to start up their own clothing line to do like lessons learned that you're like, man, if somebody told me that in the beginning, I would have saved, you know, time, money, effort. Yeah, man, for sure. So uh, I always, man, the biggest thing is like, if you have, if you have the money, man, the best thing you could do is invest in yourself, man. So like, uh, 
you know, I'm not telling you to go out and buy a $1,500 or $2,000 shirt press, Ben, but I mean, that, I've, I'm looking at one right now, it's $250. It would make my life so much easier. I could get the products and materials way cheaper, man, and it would definitely be a trial run, but I mean, always, and then like, if you don't want to go that route, uh, the route I'm going right now is I use a website called Printful. And what's cool about them man, is every other shirt company I've found, uh, it's, you know, oh, hey, minimum of 10 orders or 10 shirts per order, man. I always tell people, I, I don't, I would not suggest buying a stockpile of shirts right off rip because if I would have bought a stockpile of the shirts that I thought were going to sell right in the beginning, I'd still be sitting on that stockpile because not a single one of the first shirts I thought was going to sell fast has sold a single shirt. So I always oh, okay. tell people, man, the best best way is invest in yourself and definitely like um, things I did that I think helped me out the most, man, was I went to the VA myself and was like, hey, man, if uh, if you were to start a clothing line, like what ideas or what kind of shirts would you make and you know, I'd get all kinds of feedback from different, the different veterans and everything. And my biggest thing is ask the community what they want and give them what they want, and you'll mm-hmm. be successful. Yeah, you definitely have to have an uh, an ear and an eye to the community. Um, I think that just goes for artists and art all in itself. Because if you're producing a product that nobody jives with, it's not going to work. So that's actually good feedback to um, all artists, right? that don't don't sell yourself to the almighty dollar but definitely don't put effort into something that the consumer is not going to really give a crap about you know oh 100% and the other biggest thing i could really yeah. recommend man is just i wouldn't don't unless like they're being positive like if anyone says anything negative about you or what you're trying to do Brush it off, man, because if I would have listened to every negative comment I got when I started this company, I would not be where I'm at. I wouldn't have been able to donate $500 in the first year. This year, I've only been able to donate about 250 But, I mean, still, I wouldn't be able to do yeah. any of that if it wasn't for the – if I would have listened to, hey, you're not going to be successful. Hey, don't do that. That's a waste of time. Oh, you're going to go in the negative, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care about going in the negative, honestly. I'm just trying to make it better. Yeah, no, and I, I definitely respect that um, and, and – understand where you're coming from on that one god you're making my accent come back so bad <laughs> i hate it I'm, I'm already hearing the the verbal tics that we normally have like saying the you knows and oh, the abouts yeah. and yeah oh geez no <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so bad um i get harassed all the time see i even said that weird uh i get harassed all the time because they're like you definitely talk to somebody back at home i can hear it and i'm like yeah yeah Sorry. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, that's my friend. Um, my friends, my, I'm always messaging my friends on Facebook over in Ireland and uh, Scotland, and I say Ope, and they're like, what? what is Ope? Like, what does it mean? I'm like, it's just, I was like, it's like the F word. It means a lot of things. Yeah, right. It's just kind of, it's either like, Ope, I, I, I dropped it, or Ope, I'm sorry, or, you know, it's just, it's so versatile. Or, oh, let me get right past you real quick. Yeah, right. Oh, you got something there. <laughs> um, so my one of my final questions before we start going to the 10-minute mark is when you are doing this, are you trying to market to a wider audience, or do you feel like you're pretty local-grown, local-bred kind of thing? Man, that's actually really cool, man, because I've, I've – uh... 
the first year I made quite a few sales over in California. I made a bunch of sales over in Nevada. Um, I've made, I've actually made a couple of sales over in England, which I was blown away by. It's really cool, man. Yeah, I'm trying oh, to yeah. advertise to pretty much anyone who, you know, anyone who either knows what the troops go through or anyone who, you know, knows someone in the military, like anyone that respects the military, that's who I'm kind of going for. Yeah. No, definitely. But uh, like I said, we're we're actually rounding in the uh, twelve minute mark. Can you believe that? Yeah, no, it's flown by. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you, man. I I, I warned you. Every time uh, people come on and they think that it's going to be hard to talk for an hour, and I'm like, no, dude. Like, we'll we'll be fine. Like, we'll we'll find something to talk about. <laughs> so my uh, no, next question for you like, is: Me and you grew up. Oh, yeah, I've known you for about, I even said about, God bless America, I hate you. Oh, man, I mean, <laughs> um, I've here. known you for about, I think I met you when I was 11, so I'm 26 yeah, now, so yeah. 15 years. Oh, jeez, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we, because um, we had the same friend crew and all that, and we all congregated <laughs> at the same spot, and yeah, I, I've, I miss that group, I really do, um, I always thought you were a good kid. I never had no qualms with you. I didn't know you were 20. Would you say 25, 26? 26. Oh, geez. Yeah, no, I'm 29 now. So, yeah, we're definitely not those kids on the block anymore, man. No, man. I see. It's uh, crazy. I see old photos of. I see old photos of us, and I'm just like, oh man, like those kids look completely different. <laughs> like we have. We have uh yeah, those were definitely the, those were the kids that never got the uh never got warned about the wake up call we were gonna get. Oh god, no. And we thought we knew everything. <laughs> we did. We were all yeah, like, we Oh, did. we'll be all right. I'm getting good grades. I'll make it in life and then you know, yeah, like you, yeah. we got out of high school and it just smacked us in reality and we're like, Oh, okay, maybe maybe I didn't know everything. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, man, that was – First year of college out of high school was the, oh, damn, this is what life's like. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you on that one. So my next question for you is whenever you do some updates or you um, try to write your book or anything like that, um, would you be willing to come back on the show? Oh, absolutely, man. It's been a blast. Cool. Good deal, good deal. We always ask on the show because then it holds both you and me accountable. <laughs> the listeners are like, oh, well, yeah, and then said, if I say no, he's I coming back. <laughs> oh, dude, dude. Yeah, and then if I say no, I was just I, I just know you're probably so. joking. <laughs> no, I do. You'd probably just be joking. <laughs> um, so my last question for you, and then we'll start wrapping up the show and, and uh, kind of tell everybody where you can be found. What's your – you know, we, we've we talked a lot tonight, and we've had a lot of – words of wisdom, but what are some words of wisdom that you live by that you want to share to the group? Man. So as corny as this is going to be, man, the uh, the Rocky quote, I don't know which Rocky movie it's from, man, but I literally have a video of it on my phone and I wake up and I listen to it every single day. It doesn't matter how <laughs> hard you get hit, man. It's about if you know you get up and you keep taking hits, man, because it, it's 100% factual, man. Life will beat you to your knees, and if you let it, it will keep you there. I've, I've been in that situation where I just didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want to fight back, and I was the biggest loser in my town. But, you know, 
now that I've, you know, stood up, I've fought back, and I'm, you know, fighting back every single day. I haven't been this happy in a long time. I'm the happiest I've ever been. You know, I, yeah, my company's not doing as well as I thought it'd be, but, hey, it takes anywhere from two to six years to for a business to grow. So it's one of those things where, you know, you just got to keep taking the punches and just keep pushing along. That's literally my quote that I live by every single day. Yeah. Um, I don't normally uh, share words of wisdom, but when you were talking about uh, that one, it reminded me of my favorite quote, so that's why I was typing it up and Googling it real quick. Usually when Yvonne's on, she'll ask me for my words of wisdom and her words of wisdom, but I'll, I'll share you my favorite quote because it's kind of like that. So um, this is a quote that I've had probably since 2014. Um, I still have the original piece of paper that I was typed up on from one of my mentors, and uh, I've kept it with me everywhere I went. And it is from, let me pull it up real quick, uh, Calvin Coolidge. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not do it. Nothing is more common in unsuccessful men than talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated failures. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. That's like my favorite quote because <laughs> I've, no, I've, I've experienced Yeah, I've experienced um, talented people who just don't break it, and I've experienced, um, you know, really smart people, but they just were missing something, and I've unfortunately experienced uh, people who think that piece of paper means, you know some level of worth that is more than other people. And it's like, man, like, I hate to, I hate to diss the education system, but I'm like, dude, that's just a piece of paper. Like, you know, there's in, in our past, you know, careers, we always said, this is how we're told to do it. And this is how we actually do it. The education piece, that's how you're told to do it, but how we actually do it could be a lot different. And people just, hang on to that piece of paper, like, oh, yeah, like, I've reached everything. No, dude, like, you, you got a piece of paper. Congratulations. Now come here and let me show you how we do it or how that's in, you know, practicality. So I hope I hope you like that quote, bud. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's 100% factual for sure, man. It's one of those things where, like, it's so factual, man. Like you said, it's – I don't even know how to like start talking about it, man. It's such a, it's such a good quote. Like I think it speaks for itself. Oh yeah. So tell uh, tell the listening audience where we can find your uh, your clothing and and your your line. Yeah, man, for sure. So I mean, Facebook Military Reject Apparel. Um, I think our pinned post. If you guys are on the right profile, I believe it's something about a guy in our town named Bobby Holly. Um, I always, you yeah. know, there's that one, TikTok, there's uh, Military Reject Apparel or Tyler Sean Lamb. That's my personal account, but I post a lot more on there about the company I do on, than on the uh, company's TikTok just because of the fact I have more followers on mine. And then Instagram, Military Reject Apparel, man. And I always tell people, make sure you follow all of them just because I'm always throwing out promo codes and discount codes on all of them. I just it might be different, you know. One week it might be Facebook, one week it might be TikTok, the next week it might be Instagram. I never know, man. And then Snapchat, 
Um, I always post that on Facebook and um, Instagram just because it's kind of weird to find me on there. <laughs> right. No, I appreciate that, man. And I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight and spending an hour with us. And I definitely want to bring you back when you get some updates or any other big changing events. And I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise and, and telling the I listening audience about – do it now? So I appreciate just, you know, the chance to come on here and talk about it. Yeah, man. No, I'm 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 glad that we linked back up and – I definitely want to keep in touch and, and continue pushing you forward and hitting your dreams. So um, we are going to have on 10 October at 8 p.m. Uh, Julie Morgan is our author that's going to be on that night. Um, she is actually a lot of fun to talk to. I'm not everyone's fun to talk to on this show. I don't think I've had a bad a bad uh, guest, but I haven't talked to Julian forever, so I'm really excited to uh, get her on the show and, and get some updates from her. So for the Off the Chain family, um, we appreciate you. Welcome to the family. And again, uh, next Monday, October, will be Julie Morgan at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And... Other than that, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Thanks again for coming on, and I bid all of you a good night. And if nobody else tells you, we love you, we appreciate you, and you're important. So everyone have a great night. Thanks for joining us for an hour. This has been Off the Chain with your uh, co-host hosting, Ian Bush, uh, Yvonne Mason. We'll be back. You know, it's October, and it's our favorite season, so we're going to have to drag her back on the show. But um, for tonight, we bid you adieu. Thank you so much. Have a great night, all.